0: Welcome to the Love Letters to Poe podcast. I'm Sarah Crokel-Smith, publisher and editor-in-chief, bringing you wonder and terror, romance and horror, in this gothic fiction magazine. Each week, I'll be sharing a new gothic story or poem from the pages of Love Letters to Poe. You can find the original stories and poems, author interviews, your free copy of the magazine's inaugural issue— and much more at loveletters to poe.com Today's gothic story is titled Morning Post, read by the author Liam Hogan. The story can be found in volume 1, issue 5 of Love Letters to Poe. I hope you enjoy this haunting tale.
1: Morning Post by Liam Hogan. I wooed my beloved from afar as she wooed me. We met at a funeral. The dreary weather matched the mourner's mood and attire, making for a particularly sombre affair enlivened only by her luminous presence. A second cousin, once removed, upon the recently deceased matriarch's side. We spent a couple of hours on the fringes. The back pews of the chapel, then beneath a shared umbrella as we huddled around the open grave, before finding a quiet spot on a landing when the wake retired to the grand old house whose mirrors and windows were shrouded in black. Our obedient presence was the only thing required of us, too old to be indulged as children, too young to be of much interest to the assembled aunts and uncles. As our brief time together came to an end, I handed her my card and she scribed her address on the paper with which my funeral biscuit was wrapped. And then we were unceremoniously returned to our former lives two hundred miles and a world of duty and expectation apart. Our first communication was tentative, uncertain. Had I read too much into our quiet conversation, into her intense but tender gaze, the writing of my black-bordered letter was fraught with such doubts. I steeled myself For the cruel blow of a cold and formal reply or worse no reply at all but I knew that I would forever regret it if I did not brave the hazard our letters so coy and yet so full of hope overlapped hairs arriving before my entreaty could possibly have found its way into her fine boned hands The cold sun shone a little brighter that day. Our interests were indeed aligned, our curiosities equal, our passions kindled. In a fit of unparalleled joy, I sought out an artist friend of mine, begged of him some of the materials he uses to dress each scene. A bouquet of dried black tulips, deliciously fragile, as temporary and fleeting as life itself, accompanied my very next letter. I received a rare volume of poetry that melancholy verses cut like November wind through my soul. There was no recognition of my flowers in her note, just as there was none of her carefully chosen gift in mine. Again, our exchange had crossed somewhere in the cruel miles that separated us. The letters were secondary, always playing catch-up. It was the gifts that came to matter most. Usually, memento more of one kind or another. They tended towards the macabre. Some might even claim ghoulish. That the family was still in mourning might have been part of it, but I think it spoke of how our souls were twined, not only through this, but through other, unseen realms. A raven, the work of a skilled taxidermist, arrived one morning to perch on my desk, frightening the cleaning lady into a fit of vapours. An antique looking glass, the aged silver having the peculiar effect of making even the most youthful of faces appear ancient, travelled in the opposite direction for her delight and amusement. A lock of black hair, tightly coiled, arrived hidden behind the casement of a pocket watch that ticked a most doleful tick. A crystal vial of my own blood formed the centrepiece of a necklace shaped like a creeping, strangling vine. But what had begun as an enchanting hunt for exotic peculiarities soon became a chore. A tiresome burden, distracting me from my employment, cutting deep into my savings until I was forced to borrow heavily from friends and relatives. A mania all consuming it wouldn't have been so bad if our correspondence had followed a normal pattern so that each response could be thoughtfully weighed the growth as slow and natural as the season instead our simultaneous courtship had become a contest neither of us was willing to lose the bids blind the rules obscure The search for gifts worthy of my distant love became utterly exhausting. And so, in a pit of black despair, I sent an exquisite silk shawl laced with tuberculosis spores. She dispatched a puzzle box full of small black venomous spiders whose bite turned my pale skin necrotic. Had we hoped, perhaps, to poison a relative sharing the same address, leading to another family funeral, one where we could be reunited? Perhaps. Though it doesn't truly matter, our gambits were both far too successful. Our final exchange was a pair of headstones, our names and the years of our death carved deep and implacable into the marble. They'll stand together. Our grieving families have decided that in the same cemetery where first we met. And though I am loath to admit it, the one she sent to adorn my grave was far more elegant than the one I sent her. So she scores the ultimate victory. When future generations wander past the spot where we two lie and compare our headstones, they'll never guess that it is I that lost.
0: If you enjoyed this work of fiction, Please show your love by leaving a review. Never miss another story or poem by visiting loveletterstopoe.com forward slash join. And if you want the party to continue, I invite you to Prince Prospero's Masquerade over at patreon.com forward slash poe Until next time, embrace what lurks in the shadows. You never know what gothic adventure lay within.